I love what you said, being healthy, right? And doing the healing work. Having that congruence, like down from the bottom up, from the inside out, like that to me is the feminine path. Yes. That we're healthy in our relationships, we're healthy as parents, and we're healthy out in the world. That to me is what's going to change the world. That's what's going to save the world. Mm. Yes, indeed. Hi there. My name is Tessa Lynn Auburn. Welcome to Say Yes to Your Soul. This is where we're going to talk about how you can get past your spiritual plateaus, raise your feminine energy, and express your true self with sparkle. Hello there. Our guest today is a dedicated practitioner who specializes in helping professional women and change makers break through barriers and achieve deeper connections and greater influence. Her name is Amy Blake, and I'm really honored to have her here today. Amy believes that the world needs individuals who show up authentically with power, compassion, and empathy. She's committed to sharing the pathways that support healing, growth, and transformation necessary for humanity to thrive. And with a passion for supporting personal, relational, and professional success, Amy guides her clients to tap into their inner resources, find their speaking voice, build healthy relationships, and transform experiences of shame, isolation, and trauma into sources of healing, joy, and wholeness. I want to welcome her here today. Welcome to Say Yes to Your Soul, Amy. Thank you, Tessa. It's really wonderful to be here. Oh, I'm so glad you could. It's been a pleasure just getting to know you a little bit as we had meeting before this interview today and hearing a little bit about your story. And I think what you're going to bring here today is going to be really luscious and inspiring. And I'd love for you to just take us on that journey of your story around your voice, Amy. I would love to do that because for me, it's an amazing journey. And I just want to say to your listeners, whatever it is that brings your soul on fire, that lights you up, there are pathways to helping you achieve that. And don't ever give up on yourself. For me, my journey really started as all of ours do as a young child. And I had the Fortunate, unfortunate experience of landing in a family that didn't do a really good job of raising children. And I experienced abuse and I experienced neglect. I have this belief that I actually picked that. I actually kind of put in my order about what my soul's journey needed to be in order to learn how to love and be loved in this world Mm -hmm. in big ways. And that's the family I landed in, and and it was challenging for me. Mm. And as I was thinking about, you know, really sharing my story, I was thinking about how as a really young person, I was doing this art form, it's like a crayon etching, where you put a lot of beautiful colors on a piece of paper, and then you cover it all in black, and then you etch out a picture. Well, my picture was that was etched the final product (laughs) was a a black picture and in the lower i believe it was the lower right hand corner there was a little window with a little light and that was it and that 
image has been a guiding light for me. Like no matter how dark it is, there's a little light that can guide you. There's a little beacon that you can find and follow. I just wanted to share that because I was thinking of it as I was thinking about this longer journey of my story. So I really learned to not speak. I really, my nervous system, my way of protecting myself was kind of, if nobody saw me, that was a good day. Like that was safety. Even in school, I would not raise my hand when a teacher called on me just to like not have that visibility. Mm. So as I grew, you know, I wanted to, I actually wanted to do good things in the world. I wanted to have impact. And I was in such a place of isolation and I was in such a place of kind of shut down. And I went on to college and I studied psychology and, and social work. And I had dreams about doing big things in the world, but I kept tripping over the fact that I had created such a strong defensive system around not being seen, not being heard, so that when I was in a place where I finally wanted to be seen and heard, (laughs) nobody could see me or hear me. It was really quite amazing. I had done that really well. And so uh, I really started on my journey of healing and growth. That idea, I mean, honestly, I wanted to really help people. I wanted to do something good in the world. But when I went into social work, School, I studied policy and planning, and I studied geriatrics because I wanted to get as far away from my childhood and childhood issues as I could possibly imagine. And it was a really interesting trajectory because the more that I did my own personal growth work, which I'll talk a bit about, the more I came down the age spectrum of the professional work that I did. To the point that I actually was working with foster children and kids that were at risk of being taken into state custody for a while. And I came back up and landed in my sweet spot. I I love working with adults. I love working with people who are transforming trauma. I love working with couples. And I love working with people who are really on that edge of self-actualization and ready to take off in their lives and maybe are just bumping into those inner glass ceilings that can hold us back. That's really beautiful, Amy. I mean, I love that right there you were, you were like, I have to get away from the whole childhood thing. So I'm going to choose this professional arena. That's the other end of the spectrum. Mm -hmm. But the, Right. right, the irony in many ways is that, of course, to get there, to be able to do that, you had to go back Mm -hmm. and work with others in their childhoods. And I imagine that was pretty challenging at times. Absolutely. Yeah. My first job out of graduate school was in the intensive care unit of a psychiatric hospital. So even though I studied, my minor was in interpersonal practice, but even though I studied policy and planning, there were forces that were going to draw me into doing the work that challenged me to my core and really called me to do what was necessary for the healing and growth. And at first, I didn't know how I would do that. I didn't know how was I going to help people when I was struggling so much. I had childhood depression. I didn't even know I was anxious until my depression started to lift. And then I was a ball of anxiety. But I had depression for 30 years Mm -hmm. before I could really do the work that was necessary to help that begin to lift and, and just feel life in a really different way. 
And of course, the PTSD symptoms, and it made it really hard walking through the world, that's for sure. Yes. In this job that I got, it was so interesting because I saw people that reflected my story. And that would be like, why am I in this chair as the, quote, professional helper? And why is this person in that chair as the patient? And it was a really interesting reflection. So tell us more about that. I mean, that's just even an unusual awareness to have. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think as I reflect on that, Tessa, it's this idea that there's so much that we don't know. Like, how do we end up in the places that we end up in? You know, people can have lots and lots of financial support and end up homeless and addicted. Mm. People can have other challenges and kind of have some resiliency or some something that helps them be able to make it through. There's a different driving force. I mean, I always looked at that light, like there was a knowing inside of me that I was going to make it. I was going to be able to give to the world in a much bigger way than I could imagine at that point in time. Can you share a little more about that? Yeah. So that piece is really around this sense of coming into the world with a drive and an idea of a gift. Like there's something inside of me that wants to be expressed. There's something inside of me that I want to give to the world. I want to help people not have pain. Mm. I want to help families be healthy. I want to help the world be healthy. I had no idea. I thought I would be a doctor. You know, I had no idea what form that would take. But there was this push to keep moving in the direction that was going to help me do that. And whether that was through like education, but ultimately it was really through my healing path that helped me because I could have all the education in the world. But if I was bound up in depression and anxiety and trauma symptoms, I wasn't going to be any good to anybody. Mm, of course. So one of the big pathways like I really did a lot of study and exploration in the area of trauma because that was the thing that was really holding me back. And what's so amazing to me now is that in the last, say, 35, 40 years, there's been so much growth and development and understanding about neuroscience and what happens in the brain and the brain's plasticity and how much we can change. When I was first coming up, I was learning like, oh, this is how the brain gets impacted by trauma, I'm in trouble. Like I, I'm going to be doomed. And that it was years later that I learned, oh no, I'm not doomed. There are opportunities to heal and grow and my brain can transform. I can grow new neural networks. And that was freedom. That was freedom to be able to do that. I imagine that must have been really like, what a relief that must have been to you at that point. Yeah. And I think there's a real difference. I want your listeners to really understand too. There's a real difference between healing from trauma of the bad things that happen. We all know what kind of bad things that can happen to kids and to people. And those are traumatic episodes that if a child doesn't get any soothing mm -hmm. as a result or any help with processing that, that gets stuck. And then we have that stuck trauma inside of us that keeps getting triggered. There's also unmet attachment wounding, un unmet attachment needs that create a wounding. That's a different kind of thing. 
And it's kind of that, it creates that emotional black hole where it doesn't matter how much we get, it doesn't seem to quite fill us up. And there are, thankfully, there are processes, there are strategies for both working with trauma, which is to desensitize a person that's in a real broad brush. We will always know the thing happened, but we don't have to have the same reaction to it. But with attachment wounding, there's some beautiful processes to really help create resources that can help meet the needs of these. Basically, it's ego state, meaning child parts. So we're actually working to heal those child parts inside of us, inside the adult body. And to be able to do that actually creates new neural networks that say, you got your needs met. And it creates a new foundation of stability that is like, that's freedom. That's a huge amount of freedom when you've been thinking that you're trying to find the answers outside of yourself. You're trying to find somebody or something that can meet those needs or help you in some way. And to realize that that ultimately you actually can do that for yourself, so empowering. Yes. Oh my goodness. This is so delicious today. Everything you're saying is just bringing me chills and I am also like sort of like having some of my experience in the same at the same mm-hmm. time right like recalling some of those bigger healing moments and some of the that growth around the healing of the child parts and holding that adult place at the same time but okay so you said something about oh yeah it's freedom like and you're creating new neural networks because you got your needs met or it's those things are connected and i'd love mm-hmm. for you if you could just highlight a little bit more about the getting one's needs met when we've got that child inside of us how do we do that and stay an adult at the same time if you can just expand on that a little bit i know my listeners would eat that up i would love to yeah i felt really fortunate to find it's a therapeutic technique called the developmental needs meeting strategy which is designed specifically for healing attachment wounding And as I do, as I learn about something, then I have to go and do it for myself. And I'm actually a trainer of other clinicians in this strategy. But it's really about tapping into who you are in your most adult, caregiving, loving, compassionate, empathic self and creating a resource, you know, like like me as the social worker, or it could be a person as their dog lover self. And how, you know, it's like we're bottling the best of the best of who you are in these different relationships. And then we're able to utilize that to meet the needs of child parts and the child parts get to tell their story. It's more than I can go into here, but they basically get all the validation and empathy that they could ever want and wouldn't even realize that they needed. And in that way, the work is to get that part unstuck from the past to help that part understand that he or she or they are in an adult body now and they have more power than they ever had back then when they were a child. And what they've been reacting to is just an old recording that that old event is over. It's not happening anymore. And they've just been reacting to a painful recording. And that is a step in helping those parts get unstuck from the past and really getting connected with 
resources. And there's a spiritual core resource that we also develop. So there's caregiving resources and a spiritual resource that are make a really powerful team for getting parts unstuck and helping them get their needs met and heal ultimately. And I've found that to be a game changer in my work. Absolutely. And in my own life, personally. (laughs) Yes. You know, I've done a little bit of this work, and I should say I immersed myself in it for a while. And one of the sort of the perspectives that I came to understand as you were talking about, like the, the child doesn't know that it's not happening, right? They're just hearing that recording and getting triggered by it and feeling powerless or hopeless, et cetera. But when we do this healing process, we're creating the new neural networks. And one of the things that I appreciated that my mentor taught me was it was almost like giving yourself a new blueprint, right? Like now we have choices. We're not stuck with the old choices anymore. We have options to operate. It's like having a whole upgrade to our personal operating system when we have new neural networks. It is. It is. And I think there's also, there's this piece around healing. We're all familiar with, oh, we need to heal, but we also need to grow because developmentally, if we didn't get supported in our developmental growth, there's some stuckness there. Mm. And that might include learning new skills. It might include challenging ourselves. And for me, this is a nice segue into what I, I wanted to share also about my voice journey, because that is one of the me not having a voice, and then being at the stage in my career where I want to do bigger work, I want to reach more people, I want to do online programming, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And being terrified of being in front of a camera, being choking up so much that I have to read my name from a piece of paper because there's just this dissociation from my thinking brain and Mm -hmm. the part of me that's reacting. And I had the good fortune of meeting Roger Love, who's an amazing voice coach, and I joined his programs and really worked with him. And it was torturous. I would cry. (laughs) I'd be like, I can't do this. My voice was really monotone, and it was really weak. And I choked on it. And when I talked, the most important thing that I wanted to say, I would it would be like I would swallow the word. And so I had no impact. People would talk over top of me. People would not even know I was, you know, in the room. And so that and understanding that there was something stuck in my throat. I also was doing a lot of work on that chakra area and I experienced some really amazing release there. And with that release, the range of my voice, I could have more melody in my voice. I can still go pretty monotone, but I left that behind and I started having more resonance. I started getting feedback from people like, oh, I like the sound of your voice. It's really nice. And which was amazing to me to get that feedback. Mm-hmm. And I noticed people notice me, noticing me because this was during the pandemic and I was working online and I was like, wow, people are paying attention to me in a different way. And this is my clients or if I was in a group training or something and I spoke And that was powerful because I was so used to people not noticing me. And so being able to learn the skills necessary to improve my speaking voice and to understand I'm not just stuck with the voice I was born with, to me, that was development. That was a developmental piece that I really needed. And I think that's one of the things that happens for a lot of us is we think, 
okay, we got what we got. We're kind of stuck with it. That's it. You know, this is the cards I was dealt. We talk about opening to possibilities. Just because we need to learn things doesn't mean that we were stupid. It just means like there was an area that we didn't get access to. There was an area that nobody helped us with. And we can take that on. And then we can grow and develop in lots and lots of different ways. So for me, the voice coaching transformation, it helped me in so many ways. I told my voice coach, I said, this was like 10 years of psychotherapy. This really helped release the last vestiges of trauma that I've been dealing with. And I can be visible and I can be safe. Boom. Like (laughs) I can be visible and I can be safe. That I had never experienced before in my life, but that was the amazing piece to me. That is amazing, Amy, and that just gives me chills. And I, oh my goodness. And I think about like how many women are staying small, you know, and staying visible and isolating because they're not feeling safe yet. And they really, they need to know. I mean, I love that you're here today bringing this message forward in a beautiful way. that it's not over, that there is hope. And one can do that healing work with, you know, the right focus and the right mentor or therapist such as yourself. It's been easy for women to stay small and not push things or not put themselves out there. I mean, you chose to go take lessons and it was really hard and you had to commit to that right? You you stuck through it. Yeah. And you say, oh my gosh, I'm going to work through the tears and I'm going to work through this and that and the fear. And when we do that and we come out the other side, and sometimes it's in a moment, like we have this glimpse into other possibilities. We look through that window in the dark and it's like, I had no idea, like I can actually do this. I know that all women have a voice. They have something that they're here to bring, a gift to bring to the world, to their communities, whether it's on a community scale, a familial scale, or a global scale, everyone's voice matters. And I'm a fan. (laughs) Let's get more (laughs) women out there. Like in order to bring balance, I think, and care to our world in the right ways, We have to find our voices more and more, and we have to start using them in ways that can be heard and can be received. And, you know, if I didn't know your story and I was just listening to you, I'd be like, oh my gosh, that woman's been a speaker for 40 years. (laughs) Well, thank you. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, I can hear it. I can hear the tones, right? And the resonances and the richness and the connection that you're having as you speak, the connection to your own heart and soul. Yeah. Oh, thank you. I wanted to comment on something that you were saying about, you know, it's so important that women find their voice and bring their voice into the world. And I will add another layer to that, that I am really dedicated to. I want healthy, well-integrated people finding their voice, because we've got a lot of loud voices in the world. They don't all belong to women, I know. But we don't need more angry voices in the world. We need people who are grounded, who are solid, who've done their healing, who are moving in that direction of self-actualization to bring those gifts 
to the world. Yes. That's what I'm dedicated to creating. Oh, I love that. And voice is, is a crucial component of that. It is. Our ability to respond and the voice, those two together are really where the magic is, right? Being responsive and non-reactive or activating. Yes. I think the gift in the feminine is to create relationship and support through our energy, through our being, through our heart, through our listening and our empathy. And to be in that place, these things are required groundedness. I love what you said, being healthy, right? And doing the healing work. Mm -hmm. Having that congruence, like down from the bottom up, from the inside out, like that to me is the feminine path. Yes. That we're healthy in our relationships, we're healthy as parents, and we're healthy out in the world. That to me is what's going to change the world. That's what's going to save the world. Mm. Yes, indeed. So, Amy, if somebody were listening today, some of the listeners, like, they're going, well, yeah, I've got trauma. I know I've got these issues. I get triggered. Where do I start? Like, what would you suggest to them? Mm -hmm. Well, as you were saying, finding a trusted, whether it's a therapist, a coach, a mentor, it's so much of this work is about tapping into the unconscious because we are amazing beings and how we survive these difficult childhoods and difficult experiences, we split off. Yes. And so we need somebody outside of ourselves to know ourselves fully. And so that's why it's not possible to fully, I'm not just saying you can't do anything by yourself, but to fully do this level of healing and growth, it really takes connection with somebody outside of yourself. Connection and trust and commitment to that connection. Mm -hmm, correct. And do you have a resource you could recommend or that we can put into the show notes for folks? There are so many. There are a lot of resources on trauma. Probably the most powerful, popular, well-known approach is called EMDR. Mm -hmm. And there's an organization. If you just Google EMDR, you'll find practitioners, you'll find information about trauma and trauma healing. The developmental needs meeting strategy, I would send you to the website DNMS, as in D for dog, DN as in Nancy, M as in Mary, S as in Sam, DNMSinstitute.com. And there's some resources for people looking into that idea of healing attachment wounding. And I think that's a powerful, powerful approach. I love that. Yes, on, that's something that I've seen show up in a lot of people's journeys as they're healing, and to have those resources would be fantastic. Thank you. Mm -hmm. You're welcome. So I would like, I have one last question for you before we have you share how everyone can connect with you. I'd like to know, Okay. how does this connect to your soul for you? Good question. How this connects to my soul is that my soul comes into so much of what I do, the work that I do. There's not a lot of difference between who I am and what I do. And it feels like there's a deep integration. I do deep soul work when I'm working with people. 
And honestly, I need to bring myself more, as I think many women do, into that circle of care Mm -hmm. and really nourish my soul separate from the work I do. Absolutely. So for you, you feel really quite integrated, like everything that you're doing is soul work to you. And if you could imagine like there being another level of growth for you, what might that look like? I think it is in the arena of still my voice and reaching bigger audiences, holding my knowledge and my awareness and knowing that I'm enough. Mm. I still struggle sometimes with enoughness. And so, yeah, I think that there still are many, many growth paths for me. I think I still get triggered. I think I still, you know, if I'm tired, hungry, what, you know, all of those things, (laughs) I can not be a happy camper. And I think in the area of taking care of my body, there's some growth around what is it that I believe about myself that I find it hard to truly take care of my body in the way that I know I can and that my body would be really happy with me if I did. Mm. So yeah, I think there's always growth. I certainly am on the path. I've done a lot and I'm really happy with how far I've come. I would have honestly never imagined it when I was a kid. And I can see the trajectory moves forward. I think there's always aspects of ourselves that are perfect and there's room for improvement, I would say. Yes. Oh my gosh. I love it. And I really appreciate that your vulnerability and your honesty and sharing what you just shared about your own journey going forward. I mean, I'm like, oh my gosh, you'd be amazing in front of larger audiences, bigger, bigger, you know, whatever those stages are. And now there's so few limitations, right? You can be talking across the world in moments or split seconds and reaching exactly those people you are here to support. And I'm I'm just super grateful that you've been here today. I'd love for you to share with our listeners how they can get in contact with you. Yes. Well, you can reach me directly through my email. It's amy, A-M-Y, at unlockyourbrilliance.org. Great. And there's a gift for you as well. Do you want me to share that? Yes, please. Okay. So the gift address, you can go directly to unlockyourbrilliance.org slash friend of Tessa. And I have a gift for you there. Fantastic. I welcome everybody. Check that out. Amy is amazing. You can tell she's done her work. She is intelligent. It's just been so Beautiful to have you here today, Amy, and hear part of your story, but also just like really glean even more from your rich cache of wisdom. I'm super thrilled that you've been able to share today with my audience, and I want to wish you all the best going forward. Thank you, Tessa. This has been an absolute delight, and I'm so happy if sharing my story can help others, I'm more than happy to do it. It's been wonderful to meet you and to be a part of your program. Thank you. All right, everyone. Blessings to you. Much light. Keep looking for that light, that window. If you're not feeling it or seeing it, know that it is there and you too can have the life of your dreams. Bye-bye for now. 
right. If you're hearing this message, you have listened to our newest Say Yes to Your Soul episode all the way to the end. And for that, I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart. I invite you to stay updated with me. And the best way to do that is to sign up for my free gift, Three Steps for How to Reignite Your Soul Fire. And you can get that at tessafreegift.com, tessafreegift.com, or just go to the podcast website, say yes to your soul podcast.com. And that's where we have all the episodes and more. I wish you an amazing day.